0: Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy, I'm Ben Slowey, and today on the show, I'm here in Logan Square, Chicago, and I'm going to talk to my good friend. Mr. Nate Barksdale, uh, he is a soul-infused pop singer-songwriter. Uh, he's got two EPs this year There called Neon Soul and 35mm, uh, the latter of which just came out a couple weeks ago. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about his uh, creative process and why he does all the things he does. Nate, welcome to the show. Let's get to it. Toast to that. Good to see mm. And man. Uh, what are we sipping on? I don't know. <laughs> some some concoction, man. Someone just handed it to you. Yeah, just some elixir that was made specifically for us. No, it's a it's Crown Royal and ginger ale, very <laughs> delicious mix here. I call it the uh, the Corex on the beach. I like that. I like that. Shout out to Corex. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you are a great <clears throat> great mixologist here. Uh, oh, thank you. You. you did it just right man. So um, I do. <laughs> so I haven't seen you in a couple months, You've
1: probably even longer than been that dude. It's yeah. been a while. How have you been? I've been great man. I've been just like chilling. Uh, obviously I've been dropping shit ton of music but it's, it's really not anything like compared to what I'm trying to do. So mm-hmm. I feel like I'm revving up finally so I'm really like uh, in my stride as they say sure you've got like a lot in the vault right now yeah a lot of ideas i would say more importantly like the vault is as deep as you want it to go right so like Mm -hmm. you know i I think about it as like making change like you can have 500s or you could have 500 ones
0: Mm
1: -hmm. you know what i'm saying like when you make when you're making art you want to have value but at the same time you want to have quantity too like, so finding that balance is, I think, key, especially today with, like, how people consume music and what music really is. I think mm-hmm. it's starting to uh, not just be, you know, watered down, but it's just actually changing, maybe yeah, for for, sure. for good.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, you're right. The Vault is somewhat of a, a social construct, you know, a mm-hmm. creative social construct where it's like, you know, you can have all this stuff that, you know, you're working on that you may never drop or may never share with people. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, yeah, like, <clears throat> you know, you can also just have a lot of ideas that are becoming <clears throat> manifested <clears throat> or you have them, you know, on cue to, like, start, you know, bringing to fruition whenever you feel ready to do them. Yeah. And some you might table for, you know sometime in the future some you're ready to do right now
1: you know well that's why people say uh, when you get older you often get more money and more success and more leverage but you have less ideas Mm -hmm. um and, and some people some people totally disagree with that obviously age works for people I think for me, too, it's definitely, like, working, like, so much has changed, I feel like, since we last talked, and, like, it really since we last linked up. So, don't
0: even know where to start.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know where want to start either, but I like this kind of, like, uh, discussion about creativity, too, oh, totally. that we stumbled into, yeah, so that's a nice little thought for y'all that you want on.
0: Hell yeah, totally. I mean,
1: it's, uh, <clears throat> you know, like,
0: I keep, uh, I talk about it on the show all the time, but, like, I keep uh, a lot of, uh notes in my phone about mm-hmm. like, things that I'm either actively working towards or stuff that I may not even that might be as, right. it might be it as stops. simple as a title I want to use for something yeah like sick ideas like right. that's sick and those like you know I don't want to lose those I want them to be uh, you know just stored somewhere for when I'm ready to like mm-hmm. turn them into something um, and it's you know like this year you know as we will get into has been incredibly Monumental, transformative. Crazy, yeah. Far from the person I was like when this year started, in right. in a very good way because like it became such a immersive experience. Like you know, uh, finding something that I love. Yeah. And just you know. I think you did about. Into it. I
1: think you did about six thousand seven hundred podcasts this
0: year. Uh, give or take. Um, we'll fact check. Um, so Nate, while we talk about a Mr. Nice Guy, we talk love and fear, passion and creativity. And, uh, I'd say we'd known each other for like, maybe like three, four years, three or four years at this point. Met through our good friend, Julius Dolls. Shout out to Julius, uh, he is actually, uh, sitting about five feet away from us right now, but you can't see him. Uh, and this is his house. Um, but uh, yeah, he he had told me about you for some time, like, uh, he was like, because you were still going by Kez at the time, mm-hmm. and he was like, oh yeah, you gotta meet Kez, like, really dope dude, <laughs> you know, like, really talented, Real, he has good ideas about things. So then we I met you one day, <clears throat> coming out of Chicago, from Milwaukee, and uh, and, yeah, you know, we had we had some drinks, we've had drinks from time to time, and just, you know, it's always been great to hear your perspective on creativity and your philosophy with your creative process. So, um, yeah, I guess to start, like, really getting to know you and your artistry, when did, how long have you been playing music in your life? When did it become a creative outlet for yourself growing up?
1: Um, pretty much when, uh, when I got into high school, um, yeah, I wasn't really interested in music. I liked movies and like I would write like scripts and like little like you know, like synopsis mm-hmm. for movies in like seventh, sixth, seventh grade, like when I was twelve. Nice. So I had already completed like five five movies, like by the time I was in high school.
0: Oh wow.
1: Like, <clears throat> you know, I had like written like the scripts I would cast the people who I wanted to do like my brother actually would do that. We would like cast movies and like write movies and be like yo like what if this person played and and like you know like I had this one movie it was like Tom Cruise playing Tom Cruise throughout like his whole life as an action hero uh, movie movie star and just you know <laughs> stupid ideas like that nice. uh, really were like the beginnings of my creativity and then music kind of just happened because that's what like everyone was talking about when I was going into high school you know everyone everybody wanted an iPod and they gave one away uh, at this like eighth grade graduation convention oh, yeah. like I won like this like lottery and it was in the auditorium and like mm-hmm. I got a fucking nano and nice. I didn't know what to do with it I put super on it and just would watch that like so, that was, like, the most, yeah. like, middle school Oh, my shit, God. It was all, like, dick jokes and, like... Yeah, yeah. I was a fucking lame kid. Speaking of which,
0: have you seen Long Shot? Did you see the new Seth Rogen movie? Uh, uh It's with him and Charlize Theron. But, uh, it's, it's pretty funny. Did you just funny. say Charlize Theron? Theron. Like, oh, I thought you said, like, The Ron. Theron. Yeah. I mean, she's... She pronounces her name weird, But point is, it's a pretty funny. Seth Rogen's like a journalist and he wears this like really bummy like blue and purple coat the whole movie. Yeah. And he's like this this slowly journalist and he falls in love with... I like Seth Rogen. Oh yeah, he's the best. But like he falls in love with Hurley's who's like the secretary of state running to be the president and he like falls in love with her and starts writing for her and then they have this like love affair. It's pretty funny actually. Yeah.
1: I got a peep. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I'm probably not gonna peep. But yeah, um, (laughs) Seth
0: Rogen was like, yeah, like I remember, I went through like the Judd Apatow phase of watching like everything he was in that when I was like fourteen, fifteen. We all had that phase. (laughs) We all had that phase. Yeah, sir, do so you started so then like what did you start with with music?
1: Uh, well, I mean everything, kind of. I mean, I wanted to produce really at first, so. I would make beats and then I'd be like, oh shit, I need someone to rap on it. So then I started writing raps. And I was like, oh shit, I need someone to direct the video. And then I'd be like, trying to like recruit directors and shit. And I was like, fuck it, like, I'm gonna make the video. And like my first video shoot ever, I got arrested for trespassing Uh, and like, and it was more so like, uh, it was like a crazy little like reality, like check at like 16 because I was trying to do something creative, but I also, like, was just, just, it was, like, a weird situation. I, it was, like, the weekend of, like, the NATO summit. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot of, like, like, on-call, like, shit happening, and, like, anyway. It was really just, like, wrong place, wrong time, but I, it was an iconic, like, Nate Barksell origin story thing, because... I had the lyrics ta- like on my like body, like written in Sharpie, and like mm-hmm. the police pulled up, and they like, they were they like put it, like yeah, get like all this crazy shit. Like are these tattoos, I was like, no, these are like lyrics to to a song, and they're like, who is this kid? Like, why is what is he doing? And uh, but anyway, that was like a crazy crazy night, but um, yeah, like I feel like I've always kind of filled in whatever uh, void that was in like. My life, oh. like it was just about uh, filling in the voids of my life with music. That's cool. all it was. Sure. Just being creative and like not letting anything stop you. Mm-hmm. Or were you like singing growing up? Like, no. Prior to- no. Damn. So you definitely. No, I was just making making like like rap music, and then sure I started like really getting a chill wave. Nice. And I was into the idea nice. of like the voice not being. The Main thing in the record mm-hmm. and kind of just complimenting the record, um, yeah. But singing kind of came later, sure, for sure. Got you,
0: yeah. Chill Waves, think of like Toro <coughs> and like,
1: yeah. Washed out, and that kind of stuff. Those, those two, those two were, um, they actually both went to South Carolina, University of South Carolina. And, oh, really? Yeah, they're both from different parts of. The, like that region, like the South region, but um, they both kind of like were looked at as the big chill wave artists. Mm-hmm. They like met up one day on campus, apparently. Yeah. That's at least what I heard in the interviews. But have you ever listened to
0: Neon Indian? Yeah.
1: Dude. Yeah, I, mean, I used to listen to him. That's really It's me. very trippy. It wasn't, it was, it was really, I think, over my head at the time. Mm-hmm. I'll have to peep it again, but. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Um,. <clears throat>
0: So, yeah, awesome. Uh, So beyond, um, so you started getting into the music thing, and then beyond high school, where would your, like, endeavors start taking you? Um,
1: oh yeah, high school was just a lot of meeting new people and, like, learning different ways to socialize. When I was in high school, everyone wanted to be a musician, a part of the music scene, or, like, doing something creative, so you know, uh, it was just, it was like a breeding ground for just like geniuses, Mm -hmm. like not even like talent. It was just like people with these ideas and, and maybe none of them were came true. Like a lot of people there were, you know, filled with a lot of pressure and anxiety for like trying to become something. And I think a lot of young people are like trying to always become some the next thing yeah right, right. so it's a tough position <clears throat> to be in and um, I found some people that you know I don't really talk to a lot of people from high school actually but I found some people at the time that inspired me and motivated me and yeah in in high school that's when I like downloaded FL Studio mm-hmm. Um, you know I started listening to more music like right after I started listening to music I started making music yeah true. there was no like and i think that's cre- that's probably what makes my um my artistry so unique is that not a lot of artists have started making music from such a place of like ignorance mm-hmm. maybe they have like a lot i feel like a lot of the best artists have like bill Withers like was like in the navy and shit and then mm-hmm. he like w- like just was like 38 years old picked up a guitar and was like yo like i just want to write songs like i don't know why And then, when Clarence found him, uh, everyone was like, you know, like this, they'd signed him and everyone was like, he's amazing. But he had had just always been around, he just wasn't doing music. Yeah, for sure. He was
0: too busy. It's crazy, I've met a a handful of musicians in Milwaukee that make like really dope music I really dig, but Mm. I try to, I'll like talk to them about like, just the idea of music and they'll be like, Oh yeah, I don't really listen to music. I honestly don't like music that much. I'm like, mm-hmm. interesting. So like, you do it entirely based on like you know what the ideas you're applying to like sound and mm-hmm. like, but you don't. You're not like much of a consumer of music yourself. Like, I mean, yeah. I, and I'm not gonna knock them for that because I mean I guess it's just like some people don't listen to music a ton when they make music because they get self-critical or they get too, they pay too much mind to the intricacies of certain things, so they it kind of takes away the enjoyment of it. Mm-hmm. I get that too, but, yeah, I mean, it's interesting, like, just observing how different people will, like, consume music, and specifically in your case, like, it just, you know, you started listening to music in there, and then that immediately, like, you know, became what would make you start doing
1: it. Yeah. It was, it was just a great time, man. I would listen to like Blue and Exile and like Daft Punk and James Brown records that my brother would give me. I was really into this artist called Zombie. Oh yeah. I was really into No Ceilings, MGMT, uh, fucking Passion Pit. I felt deep, like, and then from Passion Pit it was like, oh Chitty Bang. And then from Chitty Bang it was like Lupe. And then from Lupe, it was like Kanye, and then it was It becomes like,
0: like a, a domino effect. Yeah, I,
1: yeah. Was, I was, I just kept, I kept finding new artists and being like, mm-hmm. and then I, you know, I was obviously, I had ears, so I was listening to Drake, and yeah, I mean, I was just like kind of a sponge at that point. I wasn't mm-hmm. really concerned with much else, but like, damn, I want to be cool, and I want to make music, and it felt like... It felt like at the time, in a naive way, that those two things went together. And now I'm doing it for ten years. You know, mm-hmm. 20, literally ten years later. You know, I went to school in '09 that was my freshman year, and now I'm like 24. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah. I, I went from literally it's ten years of like not knowing uh, anything about how to make music, and then now I'm like I consider myself one of the best composers doing it. Future one. Of the, greatest artists of you know the two 2020s like Mm -hmm. so yeah man i think it's just about taking people underestimate what you can do in 10 years and overestimate what you can do in a year i've heard that before yeah yeah Yeah. i think it's dope that you've done 300 podcasts in one year though thank you i think you should celebrate that too because that's the type of shit i'm about to be on appreciate that bro you know what i'm celebrating by taking a break, <laughs>
0: yeah, I need. It. I owe it to myself. How long though?
1: Not too long, right? Month and a half. That's that's a good break.
0: Yeah, good just break. so I can catch up on uploads and content. Oh. Like it's constant. Like as, and you can probably attest to this. Like as a creative, like you just put a lot of pressure on yourself, on yourself to like yeah. get certain things out or have things ready. Like yeah. you impose those
1: deadlines on yourself, but yeah as the bubbles fly across the screen. <laughs> you know what man, as far as that situation, I feel like um that's that goes back to the 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 quote like I mean that like and if you if you would have told me in 2018 when I was dropping a single every month and I was like nothing's working, why isn't anyone listening? And I I at one point, you know, at that point was like thinking fuck, fuck music, this shit's not paying my bills, it's not like doing anything. I dropped fire single every month, 12 singles, did a whole freestyle series where I was rapping straight bars after giving like, eight, like mm-hmm. 12 R&B records. So I was like, why isn't this shit not working? Why isn't that working? You know, I think I was just overestimating the power of time yeah and like underestimating my consistency Mm -hmm. so if you feel pressure it's not because anyone else is putting on it but you so at some point i had to realize damn okay like i need to take a step back and when i took a step back that's when i realized like okay what am i actually trying to do and this is like before i even had the idea for like um neon soul like neon soul kind of came as a blessing you know as things started to happen this year i just understood like okay you know take things in stride and i got the idea for neon soul like after getting plugged to play soul Fest. which was so,
0: fucking awesome dude i right. wish i heard it was amazing
1: yeah no it was like the most intimate like surreal like type of show where it was just like it didn't it, it, it was no like it was no reason for it to happen to like an artist like myself because I feel like I represent a certain type of artist that is like people can call us like bedroom producers or like try to minimalize it but it's more it's more than that it's about like creating something from nothing like creating like literally like your dreams like your bedroom like bringing that to everybody else you know i don't think it's like you know even definable but neon soul was just a little taste of me trying to package it up for people to be like yo this is a little bit of like what this moment feels like for me Mm -hmm. and i always thought it was a cool way to wrap up um a lot of the sounds that i was just hearing in modern like soul music or like modern r&b everything just feels like we're trying to capture a nostalgia, and it's elusive, and it's mm-hmm. like, like chasing after something in your dream, like mm-hmm. Alice in Wonderland type shit, right? Yeah. What's your favorite song? Um, I know you kind I, of listen to it all, like I did.
0: I'll pull up the the uh, track here. Um, Phoenix, Virginia.
1: Yeah. That is my favorite song. <laughs> yeah. Actually.
0: Yeah. Um, it's that shit was amazing. So yeah, tell me a little bit more <clears throat> about like how you pieced this project together. Like oh, sure. w- What place within you did these songs come uh, from?
1: So a lot of these ideas were like created for the summer in mind. I really was like, oh, I'm going to drop this shit by the summer. And like, I'm going to like cap off like this, this, this run and like all these shows. Cause it was like, you know, a long winter for me, <laughs> you know, I saw I like moved into my new place. I was like trying to get settled I was like you know working you know you know at night a lot like going out so I was you know going on a long like long nights you know right, yeah and I was just kept idolizing the summer and being like yo the summer's gonna be so sick I'm gonna have all these records and they weren't ultimately ready but they had all been created with the the intention of like you know being listened to on a on a really bright day and thank God for global warming because I dropped it on the summer solstice, like right when it turns from summer to autumn. Last day of summer and uh, it September was still summer is fun. Yeah, It yeah. was summer as fuck. Yeah, it was hot, it was hot <laughs> and it happened to be like just an amazing day to drop music and also to, um, you know, like it was, it was just like I played back to back shows that day and or that, that weekend. You know, mm-hmm. it was yeah. just really like it was like a time. I knew it was gonna be a moment because I, I, I was like in my head like, damn, okay, like shit's actually going my way. How can I like uh, put a punctuation mark on it?
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: that's really what it was. It was, it was really not a calculated project. Like yeah. it was, it was like oh, I know it fucking works. Dance vibes. You know what i mean soulful yeah. production uh you know like uh embracing electronic music that's like mm-hmm. that's really what the sound is it's what it consists of and those those elements are all over there totally yeah i was
0: gonna say like your music does not follow like a conventional like genre formula or anything you take elements. You're like an elemental pop musician of sorts. You like take influence from a lot of different things, whether it's soul or Mm -hmm. hip hop or Mm -hmm. chill wave or, you know, R&B. Like you, you know, like you already like off the bat aren't putting yourself in a box, which is very like, I mean, that's the direction
1: music's going in. Yeah. Um, and that's, it's, it's kind of been like that though, right? Mm-hmm. Cause, cause when we, I feel like when we grew up, it wasn't like, like, I thought, I, thought, I always thought it was really weird when people were like, oh, you like that type of music? Right. Cause I just the didn't, because yeah. I never understood yeah. like music being exclusive to like a certain group of people or like right. any sort <coughs> of like, you're not of that, that mm-hmm. culture of, you're like, I just, it literally wouldn't make sense to me. So. You know, I just didn't even know about music or, like, know about the idea that it's it comes from, like, regions. Mm-hmm. It comes from people. And that is what celebrated more so than the records themselves. Like, those records and, and the culture start to create this other thing, like this third thing, which is people's emotions attached to them. Mm-hmm. And they start to form their own identity. Yeah. So, like, I just, when know, when I, I feel like when we were growing up, it wasn't. Oh, you like hip hop? Like you're weird. It was like right, like yeah. all the white kids listen to hip hop, and like yeah. for me, like people would be like, like you don't you seem like you don't you don't listen to music. I'd be like, man, like I, I love Jimi Hendrix. Like everyone, like I was growing up like listening to like Joe Satriani and yeah. John Petrucci. Like just because my that was my dad and my yeah. brother, they were into rock and roll guitarists. Everyone. Our favorite was Jimi Hendrix But we, we studied the greats Eddie Van Halen You know People can say what they want About You know Slash Whatever Whoever Like right, yeah. they, These people played with Michael Jackson You know mm-hmm. what I mean Like There's a reason Mike was like Hey I need guitar on this track bro Like This track is gonna be dope But mm-hmm. See so yeah, I'm about to get the, the one button on <laughs> <laughs> You're about to start talking about Prince too No I'm I'm, I'm just saying like That wasn't really ever a thing for us. Yeah. So I I try to just create new genres, really. I mean, if I'm not doing that, then I'm like, I get bored. Dude, that's the thing.
0: That's what it is, man. Like, if you look at, like, so many, like, not even simply just, like, artists that achieve acclaim, but artists that I personally gravitate towards, and Mm. it seems like a lot of other people do in our age group, like, artists that... Take a lot of blending of different things. So like today, I just listened to an album by this band called Black Midi Uh, They are like... That's a fire name, man. Yeah, dude, they're this like English punk band, but they're not even just like... punk is a very umbrella term here because you know, they're taking elements of noise, of you know, post-punk, of... Indie rock of, like, they have such an experimental take on punk music here, mm-hmm. and it ended up being, like, is a fucking terrific record, but this stuff is not just some purist punk music that, you know, right. like, that where, like, you can clearly tell they are obsessed with the Ramones, you know? Right. This isn't Greta Van Fleet taking Led Zeppelin. No. You know, like, right. this is, like, they... They're on List, some shit. They're they on their clearly own shit. they listen to a lot of different. They're on their things. own shit. They're right. on their own exactly. shit. I exactly. Mean, well, that's the yeah. thing
1: because like, even if you look at um, where, I mean, what what is what is like um, an appropriate way to even describe music? Right. Genre. But, you know, for one, like, genres are all for one. Like, like what is emo trap? Like, right. people can say these words yeah. and not know what they mean. Yeah. And they have a lot of implications, but you know, it's like everyone kinda can understand what you're trying to say. Like mm-hmm. when you listen to Uzi, you're like, okay, I can hear like the paramour with the trap beats, like cool. I think deeper than that, it's the creativity of even coming up with the words to describe the sound. Or or being the artist that's willing to just say fuck whatever words you have to describe it mm-hmm. I'm gonna make it for you. Yeah. Y'all name it. You right. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I think that's even more badass too, just right. you know, being able to be eclectic but be confident in yeah. your in your eclectic. Have taste. you ever
0: listened to a
1: hundred gex? No. Dude. I thought you were
0: about Some... to say a hundred bucks. Shout out to a hundred bucks. Shout out. <laughs> But dude, no, like a hundred Gex. Uh, I actually missed them when they played, but they opened for Brock Hampton. Saw them. At the, oh wow! When I, mean, I saw them at the rave a couple weeks ago, but like I was like, I got told by my buddies like, dude, you have to listen to these. Guys. Like, like they're like the weirdest like experimental <laughs> hip hop type shit. And I listened to them, and uh, it is like mere. It's unclassifiable, bro. Really? And that's what I mean. Like it's. The craziest, like amplified, mm. like almost like. Is it like Death Grips or no? It isn't. I mean, it take it has some similarities to Death Grips, but it's also
1: nothing like Death Grips. Is it like soft,
0: hard? It's hard. It's, it's hard. It, it is like avant garde. Did you listen avant-garde. to
1: like Griselda and like Benny the Butcher a little bit? I've heard of them. I've you should really fuck much. with them just on the lyrical For and sure, also right. their beats are wavy. But, but like,
0: yeah, it sounds hard. Honestly, it sounds hard. yeah. Honestly, though, like, I think just genres are dead, bro. Yeah. genres have been dead yeah. for some time. Oh like.
1: no, it was crazy. I had so many arguments with my brothers about this because they're like, my brother is, you know, he, like I said, he was a guitarist. My other brother was like a music purist. He laced my iPod in eighth grade. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, right. he would just he would show me how to download music and all that. But they were really like into these debates about like what is genre what is subgenre and they would stay up for just nights just going back and forth Mm -hmm. making points for hours like and just coming to the same conclusion that like genre ultimately doesn't matter and it it shouldn't dictate how we look at anything because like the best artists all they ever do is take two genres, three genres and make a new one. Like it's never supposed to be like traditional. Like
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I always laugh at when we like upload shit to Spotify and they're like, is it traditional or is it experimental? Mm -hmm. Like, it's very uh, arbitrary at this point, but it can be fun if you embrace it. Like Lil Nas X was like, I'm making country music. And they were like, no, you're not. And it's just like why the fuck not? Like right, yeah. it's it's just a word. Yeah, like it, like right. people be like so attached to things and that's what I mean. It's yeah. like people's emotions True as fuck, yeah. can get uh can define the culture for you, but really it's the artists that define it, so
0: and it yeah, exactly. Like the fans develop these pretenses of like who it makes sense for them to listen to based yeah. on what label is attributed to this artist, when really, like, I mean, for one, like, you know, the only thing you need to be paying attention to as a fan is style, you know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, what kind of mood is this music? What are the instruments they're playing? Like, what are the textures? You know, what are the, you know, how, how, what's the tempo of this music? You know, like what, you know, the artist who's playing it, who are they? Right, like, their story. Yeah, right, right. Like, what, what, what is this music supposed to, like, encapsulate about them? And, like, that's really the only thing people should be paying attention to. But because of, like, commercialism, like, these yeah, artists are... They're put into categories because it makes sense for the market. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think that we're living in a really interesting time where, like, you know, that is increasingly being challenged and it's being uh undone, it's being like, you know, just gradually like, you know, people know how the market works and people right. know that like, you know, they know like, The jig is up. Right. They know that they know a radio hit when they hear one. Yeah. But it's like you think about an artist like Captain Beefheart in the sixties which right. is, like the weirdest, craziest, the dude. weirdest fucking shit. Locking in, up his bandmates, like forcing him to make albums right. and shit. Frank Zappa, another example. Like
1: are even like weirdest like shit. Like Marilyn Manson. Yeah, man? him too. Or like uh, on the other like end of the spectrum, like Scott Storch or some shit. Like, right, there's a reason like why the, these artists yeah. have such like staunch cult
0: followings is because they may have been entirely polarizing when they first came out because right. they defied so many of those like competitive right. standards that yeah. the that the music
1: industry imposes. But Right. Like literally yeah. like Scott Storch is like Elton John of of like rap beats. Damn because he can he can pull up fucked up Biggest glasses you've ever seen With some fucking L.C. Lauren Conrad-ass glasses Yeah <laughs> Just wasted And give you the the arpeggiated chords To Crimea River And then Timberland puts a beat on it mm-hmm. Like he's like Like he played with the roots Like like we have someone like Tyler Like when did Tyler ever sound like anybody else? His whole career So for the artist too I feel like it's not just the co- it, it, It's the commercial appeal to being like, oh, I want to be a rapper. Like, like I don't fuck with rap today in terms of how I used to, because there was a golden age that happened from like 2005 to 2010, mm-hmm. where like a lot of the people who started rapping really just wanted to rap because they wanted to say something and they wanted to be heard. Mm-hmm. And you hear that in the music of the underground. It's what gives you Drake, it's what gives you Kendrick, it's what gives you J. Cole, like, you go back from, like, Lil Wayne. Even from, like, basically, like, 2003, 2004, like, after Kanye, like, his first, you know, college dropout, just, like, watch it, watch rap just take a turn into, like, the beats got better, like, the production was, like, crazier, like, Jay's albums were crazier, Mm -hmm. like, Pharrell was like deep in his stride at that point like he's pushing the bounds like he, like imagine like you have Jay-Z coming up and then you have Pharrell pushing the bounds into pop music like all the way left like literally like as far as my hand is and then you have just Kanye like punching up straight into like the stratosphere yeah. Like every album sounds different and then you're like on the underground like what's like the like the stardust that falls from punching up at the Sun is like Breeding grounds for like the babies, like you mm-hmm. like you starting to get like oh, Yeah. Whoa, how we get these drinks? Whoa, dude. Holy shit. Magic. Cheers to that. Oh whoa. God. Gee mm-hmm. whiz. Uh
0: yeah, you got ice though. I didn't. It's okay though. Um, so uh tell
1: me about your new project 35 millimeter. Oh god, where do I start? Um It felt only right, you know, that I just left the decade, you know, this crazy journey that I've been on, you know, I felt like I could have been a doctor or a lawyer, you know, I really had it. I had the brain cells, I had the potential, and this music and art thing kind of took over the 2010s for me, and I just became this artist, and I feel very business savvy now, Mm -hmm. and 35 millimeter... You know, people who came to the preview at Cole's Bar, thank you. People who came to the premiere at Tonic Room, thank you. I basically put out a sh- uh, uh, a uh, whole project at the midnight showing of like, you know, my new music. I, I did a live show at Tonic Room with the full band, Julius, Ryan, you know, the oh, yeah. two Geos, everybody. Yeah. And uh, have my friends DJ, we like DJed songs off, off the project, but you know, basically, the 35mm is, is an album about moments. It's not really a, a genre thing. It's kind of more of an experience. Like, I would say listen to it from beginning to end. You mm-hmm. know, it starts off with a bang and ends with a bang. Um, the project is really, you know, experimental, but it's also very fun. And yeah, <coughs> it's, it's a really a taste of what's to come. Um, and a glimpse into this moment, like right now, like a snapshot. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so it's it's a culmination of sorts. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I never, like, back to talking about radio and, like, commercials, and, like, I always looked at myself as an artist that was like, damn, like, why am I not getting on? Like, my shit is so good, my shit is so palatable. Like, I loved pop music, I grew up, you know, just thinking. Yeah. Like one way about things and then music just changed everything so I fell into it kind of with an open mind and open heart so when things weren't getting received the right way I just kind of was like fuck like losing hope but really this year showed me that like not only are people are listening but people feel the music in ways that I'll never be able to understand but I need Mm -hmm. to just keep going and go harder so that's why I had to put out the I had to put out a second project. I was like, this is not even about me anymore. You know what I mean? Like, This is about legacy of, of uh, how we look at artists, how we look at people, you know? Like, mm-hmm. you know, just because you are an artist or just because you have a job and you do your job, you're one thing, you're a dad, you're an artist, you're a uh, fucking you know, salesman, doesn't mean that there's not more to you, well. right? So this is a this is a humanizing effort, you know, and it's beautiful. It's delicious. It's it's five songs. There's there's house music, there's folk music, there's R and B, there's uh, dashes of hip hop, and there's chopped and screwed country songs. Mm-hmm. Like I, I put this album as a yeah. folk album because I was like, this is of the people. This is not like this is how music exists to me like it's a 15 minute listen once you listen to it once all you do is listen to it like and I put out a mix um whenever this comes out there's a mix out that just is all the inspirations behind right. it, So you get to kind of understand how my brain works mm-hmm. but yeah beautiful. I love just the diversity of people I think it's beautiful oh yeah man
0: that's what being a creative is all about man mm-hmm. like there's more to Everybody that what you consciously understand about them, yeah, and man, like it's crazy. It's also, you know, and each of those people has a different subjective, like, perception of everything, you know, whether it's other people, whether it's art, whether it's you know, goals in life, whether Mm -hmm. it's. You know, politics, whether it's food Like, all of it Like, no no other person is the same Right And uh, And that's why I love doing this Like, because everyone is so different Everyone has such a unique take on, like, what is Yeah It's just like, what the that hell, like, you know We're going making on. up this life whatever. We
1: are, we're making up this, these storylines And that's what it's about, mm-hmm. you know Mm-hmm. writing your own story uh being aware and being respectful of other people's story and letting them tell it yeah and you know that's that's cool that you have this platform to do that too so that's kind of i think uh a good part about this year too and um you know the 2010s is like we found podcasting that like podcasting found its way into mm-hmm. streaming and yeah I think if you really understand what it is, it's basically like long form content it, that is the first of its kind that you can make every, you can make it every, every day if you wanted to. I do it several times a day usually. Yeah. I so <laughs> do it like twice. So think about it. Like it's like a different type of documentation because that's what it is, but then it's also too like entertainment. Mm-hmm. So it's a new type of art, and it's a new medium, and if you listen to 35mm, you'll hear a lot of like sound bites and like little secret like musical gems that like are just things I've recorded on my phone. Like The big part of this process was like getting the photography right, getting the album cover right. like. When me and Jules made the album cover, like we drove out an hour away into this trail by these trees that look like redwoods and it's like in like southern, you know, the south south suburbs of like Chicago and shit. And, um, you know, it's like this far away place. And we went to his old university to go to the dark room and like recreate like these things with the light table like we really went there and i really captured it on like my you know phone and it was all part of the project like every aspect of it like there was no difference between the life and the art at that point and that was um just a glimpse of how i look at my art now like i don't really take it too seriously anymore i look at it as like you know feeding people ideas like i don't need finished product and prim and proper release i have independence i have freedom you mm-hmm. know i have i have people like you that are like down mm-hmm. to link and talk and like yeah you know share ideas so it's like you know i i i i, I respect those people and like i just appreciate yeah, this this moment because yeah, that's what it's all about yeah
0: totally man it's it's all about uh you know what <clears throat> What you can learn from others and what you can teach others, like based on mm. you know that teach applied one, teach one, right? Yeah, uh, based on that applied knowledge from what you know your lived experiences are, and yeah, it's it's truly fucking beautiful. Um, and on that note, mm. um, going into twenty twenty here, we've mm. got a lot of stuff brewing you know like you, you said it at the beginning of the show here and you know i'm just interested in hearing like you know what yeah. you are anticipating
1: um it's gonna be well let me put it this way ben 2020 is gonna be madness, madness. Uh, between uh myself julius dolls uh hundred bucks, aka Ryan Schumacher, who's really the backbone of the um the sounds coming out from our camp uh, right now. Big
0: shout out to Rye Bread.
1: Um I think I think people are gonna realize that it's we're not just like kids that are into music and that want to break into the music industry. We're we're the kids that are gonna take the reins from the people we look up to and the people that we're you know of you know our generation that have now you know either fallen off or just aren't really you know they're they maybe they've surpassed even where we're at and where mm-hmm. they where they thought they could be so really we're just we're hungry and um i have a show uh i'm gonna be playing a show at sub t on uh, oh, yeah. on january 31st nice um
0: I've it's, actually never been there before.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be great. I'm gonna be playing with uh, this this really dope uh, smooth indie rock band. Uh, this artist called Man Cub. He has a fire band, very soulful.
0: Awesome. And then
1: um, an artist named Yomi, uh, who goes by the name of that harpist, and they play harp and uh, do vocals, and they basically are like a one one woman band awesome. of sorts and they just kind of like uh yeah sing amazing love songs with the heart mm-hmm. and it's gonna be a vibe so you know there's a lot of unique shit happening uh i'm just really excited because like i said um we're forced to be wrecking with it's not just all cute instagram pics and and local shows yeah. like um and an album every once in a while that's like, no, we're here. And, um, I think between myself, Julius and hundred bucks and, you know, we got a brand new artist too, that people don't even know about oh. that is, you know, sing. he sings background <coughs> for me and I've worked awesome. very closely with him and we're, you know, we're preparing his release. Um, really. I just, I don't want to redefine the mold. I, I just want to break it. You know, yeah. we just, we're going to start over. And um, music's gonna be fun again, and we're not gonna be shitheads while we do it. So it's gonna be something that people look back on, especially with this interview, and they're like, damn, like, he finally realized, you know, speaking good things and manifesting your own, Mm -hmm. your own success is more important than talking about other people. And that's something something I, I learned. It was a tough lesson for me to learn going into this past year and it changed my life dude it changed it changed everything because then shit just started happening yeah right and i was like i was like you know i was never like oh my songs are going to get played on the radio like daytime radio like they were Mm -hmm. getting played like i was on ads like shit was like going i was like damn this is dope but it's it doesn't begin and end there like it always started with you and so that's why I'm looking totally. at this year's new beginning. That's real as
0: fuck, dude. Start over. The second you stop envying others and just go into your own existence, yeah. man, like that changes. Go into your own shit. Man. And at the end of the day,
1: like helping out your homies too. That too, yes. And like putting your home yeah. like putting your homies in that position to where like the battery is in there back too. hmm Like it's not just right. like like I feel like what made Diddy dope is that he was like, yo, I got this artist named Big. He's gonna be bigger than anybody. And then he was like, "I got Faith Evans. You know what I mean? Like, he's a great producer, but he's more importantly, he like, he's just a great motivator." Yeah. So
0: totally, man. Yeah, like, yeah. And you have a solid team behind you. This amazing collective of artists that uh, you know occupy this space. And like, I was gonna say, like, it's not even just about the fact that like you're a musician, that you're a performer. You're creative. Yeah. You're a, you're an entertainer. Yeah. You set the move and it, it, yeah. Just, My SNL is gonna be crazy. <laughs> yeah. You set the mood in every space you enter. Yeah. And uh, that's a beautiful thing, man. Thank you.
1: Like Mike. it is beautiful.
0: I'm just I'm thrilled to see you know your set and uh, you know, yeah, see you the work come to a show. I do gotta come down here for sure. I will. Whatever yes. you can. 2020, baby. This yeah. is a. You know, we thought this year was monumental, and it certainly was, but this year really set a lot of things in motion. Next year is a lot of execution and, uh, you know, just living up to what we've been dreaming of.
1: So, yeah. Yeah. On that note, thank yeah. you. So Nate, as I close
0: out, uh, I ask everybody these questions as we end. Yeah, what's uh, up? So Nate, first, tell me what keeps you up at night. Um
1: song ideas song
0: ideas right 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 yeah what puts you to sleep though
1: um movies
0: or tv shows i have been catching up on all the movies that came out this year so if you have any recommendations please let me know
1: um i would say i mean see queen and slim it's not like the best movie but just see it because it it feels it feels important it feels like it's like one of those movies I was like wow that's a good fucking movie Um, um, watch The Mandalorian if you get the chance it's better than the Star Wars movie Mm -hmm. I saw the Star Wars movie it wasn't wasn't great
0: sure I was gonna say I'm not a big Star Wars guy
1: yeah I I fell off when I was a kid yeah for sure and then like it just never like I was like damn they could be doing like so much crazy shit with this but they're not really like pushing it but, I, you know, that's a part of Space Cowboy Records, too. Like, in the future, we're going to, like, create our own stories and our own space operas. And um, a lot of them are, like, Western-themed or, like, mm-hmm. Southside-themed. So yeah. <laughs> that's kind of a crazy thing to look forward to as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, bro. Well,
1: thank you for being on the show,
0: bro. This, this is fun. Yeah, I appreciate the rapid-fire uh, yeah, questions, too. Yeah, you bet, man. So. Check out Neon Soul. 35mm streaming everywhere. Stay tuned for 2020, baby. We'll see you then. Thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time.